0: Two Humorous Nurses with Kelly and Alicia, the podcast that fell asleep while meditating. Welcome to episode 25 of Two Humorous Nurses, where we plan to bring you funny, informal, conversational chat about all things nursing.
1: Today we have the lovely Hannah, the founder of The Breakthrough Nurse, a brand on a mission to help nurses to create a fierce, unstoppable mindset and feel empowered when it comes to their mental health. She's a registered nurse of seven years and a qualified master neuro-linguistic practitioner and timeline therapist. Welcome Hannah. Hello,
2: (laughs) thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Can you tell us about The Breakthrough
0: Nurse and why you started it?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So The Breakthrough Nurse really was born from my own journey with my own mental health struggles. So at university I really struggled with anxiety and depression and I really wasn't in a great headspace and didn't know how to move through it or if I even could. I kind of just thought like Oh, well, this is how I am. And I felt like everything kind of was a struggle and I was just getting through each day and really like I would wake up and I'd go over, okay, what do I need to get through today to get through the day to get back to my house? So, you know, I could just kind of recluse. So When I started my graduate program at one of the busiest hospitals here in Perth at the time, I was so excited because, of course, that had been everything I'd been working towards with my degree and it had finally happened after, you know, all that hard work. So I got there, though, and all I felt was even more anxious, like I didn't belong. I was exhausted and I felt like I couldn't cope or I didn't have the tools or the means to cope. I was constantly doubting myself, my abilities, and the whole thing really just felt overwhelming and made me kind of go deeper into the struggles I was already experiencing. So it wasn't until I kind of went on a journey of really self-discovery and healing and started to learn about myself through inner work and personal development that things really shifted. So I tried so many different things (laughs) and I look back and I'm like, oh my God, what was I doing? But I ended up getting to the right place as you always do. And I went through a process called a breakthrough and I experienced neurolinguistic programming and timeline therapy and through everything I'd tried up until this point, that was by far the most transformational experience of my life. And everything really started to unfold and shift from there in such a better way. It really shifted my perspective on everything. I broke the limiting beliefs I had about myself. You know, I was feeling like, oh, I'm not good enough or I'm not doing enough. I can't do this. And I really broke through all of those and was able to release all the negative emotions I was carrying from the past, which really allowed me to be more present, more calm and really start to actually cultivate and have those beliefs of okay I can do this like I've got this you know I'm still learning and be a bit kinder to myself and that I have my own back and I always say like with my clients as well you know we're really just teaching you to be your own best friend and have your back because if there's one thing that is so prominent working with so many women is that we are our own worst critics <laughs> and we're our biggest yeah, enemies absolutely Yeah, so I really learned to rewire my brain in the way I thought about myself, learned to self soothe and manage my emotions, and really just start to trust and believe in my own power. So, through this journey, I had so many nurses around me who were struggling with the same thing that I was. So, as I went through my journey, I really saw such a lack of support or the proper tools and education being taught for nurses to deal with the emotions and trauma of a high stress demanding job as well as the things they are, of course, experiencing and going through in their own life. So for such a caring profession, there is a lack of care for the most important part of the system, which is our nurses. So I really feel like it's my mission and my responsibility and my duty now to help nurses who are ready for their journey to really take back control of their mindset and completely be in their power again. So through the Breakthrough Nurse, I offer one-to-one breakthrough coaching and group coaching to really transform women by working with the most powerful part of their mind which is the subconscious and that really allows permanent lasting change to occur that sounds amazing it <laughs> <laughs> sounds like i need you i was
0: like
1: i want to have a breakthrough <laughs> <laughs> uh I put it out there on the um Instagram stories the other day about mental health and what people do and for self-care and anxiety and um whether people actually get help like through whatever kind of therapy because we know there's more than just one kind out there and some of the questions that we got back were just really basic everyday questions that we probably don't think about as nurses when we go into the job as a nurse like we go in to help people you know it's all about the patients. And rarely do we think about ourselves and like burnout is such a ba- like major issue. Mm. How, like, what are your tips on like how to manage the emotions of work and, you know, keep them from affecting you when you come home? Because I know your hubby's probably the same, Jess, but my hubby's like clearly had a bad day because I've just walked in the door and told everyone to fuck off and leave me alone. <laughs> like, so And I work in a really high emotional area and I'm like a Cancerian. So I take on that emotion as well, but I've had yeah. to learn really hard over the years to just leave it in the car yeah. on the way home. And um, we talked about that in our last mental health episode, how I just chuck my badge into the console of the car and I leave everything there and on the drive home, I just let it all go. But it's yeah. taken me like, you know, 15, 20 years to learn to do that.
2: So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and yeah. And that's the advice I got as a grad nurse. Like I remember a senior nurse telling me, just leave it all at work. And I was like, how do you do that though? Like how, how, how? And you're so right. Like we don't get taught that, you know, this is actually going to pull on your heartstrings every day. You're going to be going through the emotions with your patients and you're going to be like having that experience. So this is something that comes up a lot with my clients. And first of all, emotions are a part of our human experience. They're natural and they're actually like energy in motion. So if we think of everything as energy and emotions, just being a part of that, we don't ever want to stagnate them and suppress them and push them down. So it's really important that we have the tools in place to work through them, to allow them to move through us and to flow through us so that we can, you know, not hold on and feel so heavy and crippled with them all the time. So. Something I see a lot with my nurse clients is them suppressing their emotions because, of course, like when you're at work, you know, there's a certain level of professionalism that we need to maintain. We need to like get shit done. We need to keep going. So we've kind of learned to adapt in that way. But there comes a point when we need to deal with it. And there is a kind of culture in nursing that we just keep going. We just keep getting through. And, you know, no matter what, like you just get everything done. It doesn't matter. You hold your bladder. You like... You don't cry when that person dies. You just keep going. because There's always things that need to happen, but it's actually not healthy for our nervous system and our mental health to like take this on and live that way. So when we suppress emotion, it's like holding a giant beach ball under the water and like trying to hold it down and hold it down. Eventually, like it's going to pop up and it's going to pop up and it may just smack you in the face. And that's the same with emotion. So, you know, if you've ever had a time where you've had like a really emotional thing happen at home and you've gone to work and you're just holding it together the whole day, then something small happens. Like you lose your pen and then you (laughs) sleep. I love that analogy of the ball. That is so true. Because eventually you're going to have to let it go. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah, it's really vital that we have like tools in place and we just bring that kind of awareness to what we're experiencing and even just acknowledging everyone who's a nurse that, you know, you're going through like our job is demanding AF and just acknowledging yourself for even like putting yourself in that environment and being there for your patients is kind of like the first step. So, I always say like working in a hospital is like an assault to the senses. And what I mean by that is, (laughs) Like our nervous system is so switched on all the time. Like you're always on high alert, you know? So it's hard then to switch off and actually self-regulate. So we need ways that we can calm down our nervous system and ways to really process and not carry the heavy pent-up emotions everywhere with us. So I'm going to share a few of my favorite tools with you. But first up is like, exploring and bringing that self-awareness to what's coming up is really like I always say to my clients like that's the first step so although it seems hard to sit and think about like everything that is coming up for us because a lot of the time it's personal stuff as well it's like you know you can't if you don't have an honest kind of look and sit with yourself, then you're not really going to move through it or get to where you're going. You can't really hide from your stuff. So Google Maps only works because you put in exactly where you are to exactly where you want to go. And it's the same with us being honest with ourselves. So really bringing that self-awareness and sitting with what's coming up. And there's a saying I really love, and that is feel it to heal it. So when we allow the emotions to move through us, as opposed to suppressing, we're able to process and release. So some tools to do that, and things you can start to actually implement right now that will help you move through emotions. Um, the first one is journaling. So this is like some people have this is never hard. done this, and
1: I can't. Yeah. journal. I bought
0: a, <laughs> I bought a book in January,
1: <laughs> one sentence yeah. a day. Wasn't that your
0: your like thing for this yeah, year? Yeah, my
1: theme for this <laughs> year. I Can't even remember the word now. What was my word? I can't remember anyway. I'm pretty sure I I didn't make it to the end of February and it's right next to my bed. I look yeah. at it every night. I put my phone on it every night. <laughs> <laughs> All
2: right. Well, I've got a challenge for you then after this. I'm going to be checking in with you. <laughs> I'm going to give you some, I'll share with you guys like my favourite questions to ask kind of when something comes up. But, you know, this will be, an awesome thing to just try out, even just try on, and see if it is something that helps you when you do do it. But there's something so therapeutic about getting out like what's on your heart, just onto paper, or what's like buzzing around your brain from the busy day you've had at work, and just like letting it out on paper. And this is something that's helped me so much. I know it helps my clients every single day. So when you've had a big emotional day at work, try and create the space for yourself to process. So. Sitting down, you know, with your favorite herbal tea, put your comfy pajamas on, put your favorite tunes on, and then grab your journal and your pen. And you can write out exactly what's on your mind, how you're feeling, how your body is feeling, because our body is such a messenger. So it's important to tune into ourselves in that way as well. And really do like a self-check-in and just, again, bringing that awareness to what's coming up for you. And then you can also explore the emotions that are coming up. So some good questions to ask yourself, for example, are like, how am I really feeling today? So, you know, when someone asks you at work, like, how are you? And you're like, yeah, I'm good. How are you? And then like, no, one's ever really like, (laughs) how are you really? And so, (laughs) you know, you can do this for yourself and just be like, okay, how am I actually really feeling today? And just honor that. Like, it's okay to feel these emotions And what emotions am I experiencing right now? Is this only from today or is it also bringing up something from the past for me? Because a lot of the time when we haven't been processing, you know, as I said before, it'll be like the straw that broke the camel's back, like it'll just keep snowballing and snowballing and snowballing until we break down. But we want to stop it before it gets to that point because it doesn't have to get to that point. So what have I learned about myself? So this is a really awesome reframe like if you've had a shit day and then you get to the end of the day just asking yourself better questions can actually change your thoughts and you know where your brain's going because a lot of the time you're like focusing on my day was so shit or like you know this happened this happened this happened I'm so mad and then you've almost got to you know be the master of your mind and bring it back in and be like okay well what have I learned about myself today you know it may be that yes it was a challenging day but you handled it like a boss and you got through it and you know you did the damn thing, like just acknowledging yourself for that, because so often, like I said before, we're so hard on ourselves. And then just knowing that it's just a day, like, you know, tomorrow is a new day. And you can ask yourself, what have I done well today? How can I best nurture myself right now through this? So asking yourself what you need is really powerful and something that we also don't do enough of. And these are just a few examples, but Like, again, asking yourself really good quality questions and starting to tune in so you can process is a really powerful way to start to create what you focus on and where your focus goes, your energy actually flows as well. That's one tool. Another amazing tool is breathwork. So have you ladies ever tried breathwork before?
0: I did today. Did you? Yeah, Yeah. you probably needed to with a sick kid. Oh, God.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I actually... um. Did I've done a fair bit of meditation this year as well, which um, I've never done it, ever. But I there's a local lady that I've been seeing, and I can't wait to go back and see her again. Obviously, with meditation like breathings, super important. So I don't do it very often, but I must admit I do find myself um, at times just doing like that cycling. Breathing just to like reset everything if I'm having a bad moment. Yeah. Is that what you did today? Why um, did you have to breathe today?
0: <laughs> I just had a moment with no kids on me. Oh. <laughs> it's like and a, I you know so I was just like in autopilot. I was watching a rerun of Master Chef. I'd been I've been on the couch for like four days. And I was like, You just what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> you need to do something that's not what you're doing right now. So anyway, yeah. I, I do have the Headspace app yeah. on my phone. So I just Amazing. did like a quick like meditation and breathing exercises breathing. and then I yeah, went back I to bed. what I was been doing, <laughs> doing previously and I felt better yeah. about it.
2: Absolutely and it is just like those little reset moments to just get yourself like back in your body and you know back on your path as opposed to like living you know in our mental space in our head a lot that actually yeah. causes like anxiety and all these things and all these negative thoughts that we don't want so that's incredible that you know, you guys have tried that. So Breathwork is really awesome for like reducing stress and anxiety and really allowing you to tune into yourself and really help process your emotions. So basically for anyone who doesn't know, it's just you intentionally changing your breathing patterns, but there are so many free resources out there to like guide you through. And I'd recommend just trying a beginner level one and just seeing how you go and just you know trying these things on and seeing what really resonates for you
1: and you can literally do it on the toilet at work when you're crying
2: (laughs) to pull yourself out of it (laughs) when
1: you're
0: pretending you need to do it away and like
1: just go to the loo back in a minute and I feel like we need to bring the crying out of the toilet and just into the (laughs) nurse's station so everyone can gather around you and like make sure you're okay like we do it in secret like we have heaps of grads and nursing students that follow us um and we get so many messages from people just or from new grads just being so overwhelmed overwhelmed. in their first few months and you know being you know is it normal to cry after every shift and I'm like well yes but why are you crying like you know like there has to be a reason behind it you need to look into that and you know, students who are so overwhelmed at the prospect of stepping foot into a hospital and especially this year after COVID when they didn't do much hands-on mm. last year. And it's, um, I think, you know, like you say, at the end of the day, just reflecting, even if you've had a really good day, reflect on what was good about it. Um, yeah. Like, as opposed to the days where you just had a really shit day. I think sometimes it's nice at the end of the day to just be like, oh, I'll chalk that one up to being a win. and <laughs> <then."
0: laughs> Let's hope tomorrow is good. And even if you have a bad day, not i guarantee that not the whole day was bad yeah some good in your day
1: yeah yeah even if it's that
0: you got dressed or you had a shower or
1: like you made it to work (laughs) you explained all that so well
0: (laughs) i can see why
1: i'm glad (laughs) you now have a business in it (laughs) because
0: that was amazing (laughs) Uh, sleep is so important for mental health How can we best manage that with shift work, do you
2: think? Yeah, absolutely. I love this question. So like good sleep is so vital for our mental health. And like by good sleep, I mean getting into the deep sleep where your brain is getting nourished and, you know, you're resetting. So everything is so intertwined with, you know, your mind and your body. So managing your stress is very important to be able to allow your body to actually have that deep needed rest. A lot of the time my clients who are not sleeping is it's like the stress that's keeping them awake and, you know, their body being so hyped up from the day that it just won't come back to earth. Like it's just, you know, they're buzzing still from their day and, and not in a good way. So, again, it's like having those strategies and practices in place to really healthfully manage your stress. And I'd really start there if you're constantly running on caffeine or like survival mode or fight or flight or you know having that oh just get through the day or just get through the day kind of mode then a lot of adrenaline and stress hormones are being released in your body and your sleep's going to be affected and your mental health then is going to be affected so it's kind of like a vicious cycle so we want to get to like the root cause which is what's actually causing you stress and like what can you do about it what can you put in place to help you. And then as well, of course, like shift work on top of that also messes with your natural body rhythm. So it's like, yeah, you've really got to put in place these things to help you. Because like, if we look at nursing as a profession, like just getting into nursing is challenging on your body and your mind. So it's time to really like start to look after ourselves. And so One thing I recommend is like creating a ritual around your bedtime. So like no matter what shift you're on, because you can change your brain, you can mold it, you can really use it to your advantage. So starting to create a ritual around your bedtime. So obviously this will be opposite if you're on night shift, but you want something that's, you know, you're going to start to do and your mind is going to be like, okay, this is the time that we wind down and we really start to rest. So an evening ritual could look something like, creating the space for yourself to relax. So putting your favorite oils in the diffuser, maybe a sleep blend. I don't know. You could journal as a way to like get rid of the day. Just let that go and just intend like, okay, when I've written out the day, that's it. I'm not thinking about it anymore. Do some deep breathing and then make sure you turn off all of your devices and really try to slow down and be present. An amazing way to get sleep, to get to sleep and which you mentioned before is like doing a guided evening meditation practice and like really being present with this. And meditation is amazing because over time it's proven to have so many benefits. And what I found for myself and really my clients as well is that the more and the more you practice it, the more you do it every single day, it actually will help you get into that relaxed state a lot quicker. So it's almost like you're strengthening that part of you that drops into that peaceful state. And so You really want to kind of make it like something that you do every day. And, you know, like we don't go to the gym one time and then all of a sudden we've got muscles. It's like you've got to go every single day. And it's the same with your mindset rituals and your meditation. So really meditating before bed every night really helps you to cultivate that inner peace. And it's just going to help you wind down a lot quicker. You could also use meditation music like rain sounds or jungle sounds or something that's going to let your mind focus on that if it's busy. And then allow you to slowly wind down and relax and get to sleep. They're
1: really good tips. Yeah. I don't have a set ritual, but I have like the same routine every night. And I try to go to bed at the same time and wake up at the same time because yeah. otherwise like getting to sleep for me is just a nightmare. Um, yeah. If I'm not in bed I'm by a, 10. When I
0: get to sleep though, I am out. Yeah. like, like my you're <laughs> my young kids yeah not waking up for nobody. <laughs> except for the baby that cries <laughs> yeah. but and even then sometimes my husband will give me a kick and be like the baby's crying but it's the getting to sleep like yeah it could take me three hours some nights so I like and just lay there I and- just
1: watch whatever tv I'm gonna watch until it finishes like 8 30 or 9 and then I stand outside with the dogs while they do their business and I look at the stars and I'm usually freezing because I don't have shoes on and we live in Victoria and it's <laughs> almost winter <laughs>
2: I and I like breathe.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so nights the stars. Cause we live in the country. So there, there's no lights in, well, I mean, there's pitiful lights in my town. And so the stars are amazing. So I'll often like just stand out there and breathe in the cold air and stare at them yeah. and then, you know, brush your teeth and do your face and whatever. And then I go to bed, but then I lay on my phone for 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I should I just put my work. phone down. Yeah, I know. And I should just like, cause if I'm not like everything lights out by 10, then I'm really struggling. Like I'll really struggle because I get up around 5.30 um, and on the weekends I'm usually up by 6.30 just because who can sleep in? If And I'm lucky because so I don't do shift work. So I'm blessed <laughs> not having yeah. to worry about late earlies
0: or night That's shifts. That's the late earlies are killer. They are. Yeah. Really well, we're, really we're lucky killer. that we're like... Well, I'm only five minutes from home from work. But if you had to travel on top of that, I can't imagine getting home at like 11 o'clock. You've had like, if you've had a massive shift, you've still got to have a shower. Yeah. You don't like, you don't finish work at five o'clock. And like, then you don't do your nine to five and less. then go to bed, do you? <laughs> you know, you've got yeah, all that got to wind, wind down, down like... from a normal job. And then you could get up at what? Yeah. At 35 o'clock to
2: go back to, to work To go back again. to work.
1: I know. It's crazy. I think if you had that drive though, I know when I had a bit of a drive, to work, I would use the time in the car to be quite beneficial for me to allow me to do the wind down and stuff. But I mean, even here with 10, I live 10 minutes from work on a late early, I would come home. And then I'd be like, oh, well, I miss, because I'm addicted to reality TV. So I'd be like, oh, God, I miss Big Brother. And then, (laughs) so then I'd want to watch it. And then it'd be midnight. So you're missing that
2: night, aren't you? Yeah. For this.
1: (laughs) I watched last (laughs) night's episode before we came on, so it'll be fine. I'm also missing Lego Masters, just FYI. Say off topic. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, like sleeps. I don't know. Sleep is probably one of the the biggest things I always I think everyone struggles with it. and if you already have a bit of mental health anxiety or depression like it just it yeah. just makes everything worse and then I don't know about you but when I used to do nights, I used to lie there in the day and think just sleep sleep like you, you're not gonna get to bed cold. till tomorrow morning like go <laughs> to bed <laughs> and I'd lay there and I think if I don't sleep you're gonna be real
2: tired <laughs> and then you hours. work yourself up don't you <laughs> Yeah, I should be and then you count right? how many got-
0: hours you would get. Yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> like, oh. I've got five hours left, and then I have to yeah. wake up. Yeah. And then when you finally get to sleep, you keep waking up because you think you are slept through. <laughs> yeah, I um, woke up yesterday morning at half past one and thought it was the morning. Oh, you're ready to go? <laughs> to no, I, no, I was like, oh, I'm so refreshed. <laughs> I'd already woken up once to feed the baby. I don't know what on earth like I was.
1: Now you get, then you got bonus sleep after that. Yeah, it's like it's only one <laughs> thirty. woo! <laughs> Five hours to go. Another thing that came up was like self-care activities and what people do. Some people did really big things, weekends away and like all that fun mm-hmm. stuff. And then there's like, you know, face mask, just lay in silence, <laughs> take the dog for a yeah. walk, you know, like real simple basic things. Um, I'm not very good at Self care. I'll do it when I remember to do it. And you want a face mask? A, I, I can't remember the last time I did a I face mask. Say, I
0: haven't had a stepdad with a face mask on
1: for a while. I really need. You to really do. need one. Mm, I've got like a drawer full of them. <laughs> <laughs> I might do one after this and watch Big Brother. <laughs> like, what is the best way to incorporate that into your life when you are a busy shift worker? Maybe you're a parent or a partner, or you run a, um, a side business. Do you yeah. have any, um, you, obviously yeah. we'll have lots of tips for us. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, there's a lot I could share on this, but I will definitely share more in the masterclass as well. Yeah, but that sounds good. First great. up is like schedule it in because otherwise it's not going to get done. And I know so many women start the week with good intentions. They are like, yep, I'm going to, do this, and they like think all of that. But you know, the days just seem to go and get away from them, and then God, they that get just to the end of the day. So simple,
1: like, doesn't it? Just schedule It, it in. <laughs> does.
2: It does seem simple. What, but ten minutes like, on your phone yeah, in bed, Kelly, Yeah,
1: could be it scheduling so it in. Yeah. <laughs>
2: um, exactly. A handy way to actually do that is to like get a visual calendar. Make it fun. Like get some cool stickers and make them signify like when you're doing something for yourself or self-care activity or self-care time and then put those stickers on the days and the times and like actually schedule it in because a lot of people are visual and if they have that visual there they're like okay like it, it kind of like triggers something in your brain you're like okay reminder like I need to care for myself today so I do of course recommend like working in one to two things daily like the things we've already spoken about for your mindset because When we make it a part of like who we are each day and making that habit, then it no longer feels like a chore and something that we have to do, you know, on top of everything else. It kind of becomes an unconscious thing and a non-negotiable. And that really, I know that for me really changed the game. I work with a lot of women who struggle to put themselves first and especially when they're so busy and, you know, pouring out to everyone else. So really important that we realize that we have to put ourselves first because we can't pour from an empty cup. It's that Um, old
1: analogy, isn't it? In the airplane, your oxygen on first before anybody else's because can't help anyone else.
2: (laughs) Exactly. And so self-care activities look different for everyone. Like you said, you know, some people like to go away and do or do face masks, but you really have to go with what resonates for you. So a few of my favourite things to kind of just switch off and really just nourish my soul is like, having fun and it sounds so simple and silly but we've actually forgotten how to play as adults because we're like so bogged down with responsibilities and stress and work and you know like kids and all these things that we have to you know look after and do every single day we've forgotten to like play and experience the joy in life and you know like Going to your best friend's house and like just watching a comedy and like laughing until you pee yourself is the best kind <laughs> of therapy. And just like just that play or just doing something fun, like scheduling it in some activity that you haven't done in a while that you know you love that's gonna help you feel good. That's so
1: true. Last year during COVID, when we were in lockdown, obviously Victoria, we were in lockdown for like seven months,
2: a long time. Yeah, yeah.
1: As soon as we were allowed, I had a fire pit night like every Friday with generally just everyone I worked with (laughs) over because they're my friends and we would just eat good food and kind of froze around my pitiful (laughs) fire. it has got better but um (laughs) everyone laughed and we we talked work a little bit but then we just didn't talk work. we just talked shit and it was really good like I didn't realize how much because I'm quite an introvert and I love my own space to recharge and it was I had obviously so much of my own space that recharging meant having everybody over yeah. and it was yeah. it was so good those nights were like so it fun good. and yeah. it, I look forward to it like because initially it started like during lockdown just me and my hubby because you couldn't go anywhere you couldn't do anything so we would be like let's have a fire and eat dinner outside in the cold <laughs> <laughs> and like yeah. and so yeah it's become really just to have everyone over to recharge and it probably is like we laugh so much yeah. like it was such a fun time and I think it probably is that's an act a self-care activity that you're doing without even realize that you're doing it because doing yeah. yeah you don't have to be it doesn't have to be about treating yourself it just has to be about doing something to make take care of yourself yeah. I guess yeah
2: exactly yeah absolutely I love that another thing is shaking your booty and you know moving your body like <laughs> lifts your vibration And you can't tell me you feel sad after you put your favorite song on and you literally dance for three and a half minutes while no (laughs) one's watching and like fully just moving and like forgetting about everything. And that's just so much fun. And, you know, it's these little things every single day that we can do to really help ourselves. And I love what you said in the evening. You go out and look at the stars because getting out in nature as well and like putting your feet on the earth and really grounding yourself and just breathing in that fresh air is so important too so we spend a lot of our lives inside and you know our bodies like to be outside we like to be moving so being in nature is really powerful and actually lifts your frequency as well the other thing is like finding a hobby or a passion project and It's really important to have something in your life that sparks your creativity, your inspiration and really feeds your soul. So, you know, something that is not work, it's not a relationship, it's not anything. It's like something just for you that you kind of lose yourself in. So that thing that you do that lights you up, that when you do it, you like have no concept of time and you're like, I just am so present in the moment doing this is super, super important. So like trying lots of things and finding what that is for you would be an amazing thing. And I will just say an important part of self-care is also having solid boundaries. So really learning to honor your energy and tune into what you need is so important. So, for example, if you've just worked seven days straight and, you know, you've been invited to a party and every part of you is screaming no, but you feel obliged, (laughs) you feel like you have to then honour yourself in this moment and say no, because when you say yes and you really mean no, it does more harm than good. So... Find what feels good for you, nurture your soul and really have those boundaries in place to protect that and protect yourself and your energy because no one else will do that for you. That sounds so good.
0: Oh, sounds so simple.
1: I know, like, so Why simple. don't we do that? Schedule <laughs> in, do it. When I did the poll on anxiety on the stories, 85% of people said they had anxiety, but only 35% said they sought out therapy of any kind. And I asked if, if you didn't attend or if you didn't seek out therapy, why? Like, why didn't you do it? And I got lots of responses back saying that I can manage it myself. Um, the wait time was too long. It's too expensive. It's very difficult to access. Um, I was too anxious to seek help, <laughs> which I think is probably very common. Yeah. And there quite a few people saying that they didn't deserve it. Um, they didn't feel sick enough. And I think people get bogged down in that, that there's only one kind of therapy and that's a psychiatrist or a psychologist. And I think that in today's society, there's so much alternate different non-medical based therapy out there. So I started meditation because I didn't, I didn't really want to talk about my feelings and my anxiety. And I had tried a psychiatrist before or psychologist before, and it really overwhelmed me by having to tell my story. And then I, don't, I felt like I walked away with no tools anyway,
0: mm, her yeah. just
1: saying, oh, well, like <laughs> was, you oh, can't that change matrix. that person yeah. that's done this to you. So, you know, you're going to have to change yourself. And I didn't want to do that. I wanted to work out how to, to to manage it. And she didn't tell me how to do that. Yeah. And so when I had meditation, I felt it really It led me in a way that it just guided me to, to think about my anxiety as a thing inside me and how to help release it and how to breathe through it and, you know, how to really control those in the moment to see it as something that I can control and get rid of. And that it didn't matter what was causing that anxiety because at the end of the day, the anxiety is just something that I had to, I was feeling basically. And and I found that so powerful. And I remember I sat up from a session, and I was just like, oh, "Like that was crazy."
0: We <laughs> didn't talk though. No talking. <laughs> no. I just lay there and breathed,
1: shut my eyes, and cried. And like, and it was so good. And I felt so light at the end of it. And I'd not really said a word. So, yeah. And I think we need to remember that there are alternatives to just your typical on the couch
0: type. Tell your scenario.
1: story, yeah, yeah. That there are. You know, life coaches, or what you do in with your NLP and timeline stuff, and where you actually go right back and and find out why these things happen to you, and and what you can do. And I know I spoke to someone about timeline therapy and things, and she's like, sometimes we go way back, like to previous. And I was like, that's crazy, yeah. Eli. <laughs> like,
0: previous life,
1: yeah, oh, traumas yeah. that you bring forward into this life. Oh, my God. And I was like, wow. I have enough in this life. But do you want to tell us like a little bit more about like the type of therapy and I'll use the term therapy just because that's what I used on the post, but um, yeah. I'm not sure what you refer to it as.
2: Yeah. 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 Therapy, like, you know, self-healing, whatever you want to refer to it as. And that's incredible with your meditation. I will just say like, you know, going through that and coming to that realization yourself, it's you tapping into your own guidance and getting your own healing. And like, we all have the ability to heal ourselves. It's just, sometimes we need to have the space held for us or be in a certain container to like access that part of us. And like, I would say about 80% of my clients have seen a psychologist, a psychiatrist before they come to me and have had very similar experiences to you and I know for me way back when when I was struggling massively the reason that I didn't want to see a psychologist because I thought well it's going to be like some middle aged man with his glasses like with his clipboard (laughs) staring at me and being like okay, how do you feel about that? And I'm just like, they're spilling my most vulnerable stuff. And I was like, hell no, I'm not going to do that. Like that does not feel good for me. And so I'm so glad that we're in a time now where there's so many different options available and so freely as well. Therapy to me is kind of really anything that allows you to process or move through your emotions and really get to the root cause of the issue while making the subconscious changes. So that's really what creates an amazing mindset. So um, really what I do and what I specialize in is working with that most powerful part of you, which is your subconscious. So our brain function is made up of our conscious brain, which is up to 10% and then our subconscious, which is the other 90%. So you can see the kind of power distribution there and which mm. is the most powerful. Our subconscious remembers everything, our memories, our past, our emotional patterns, our behaviors. And even like you were saying before, from when we're in the womb, and even stuff that's been passed down to us through generations, as well as past lives. So a lot of my clients at the moment are going way back to past lives. And it's so interesting because the things that they go through in that past life is what's showing up for them now. And I honestly never get over working with the subconscious because there's always something different or new or crazy, you know, what we yeah. would deem as crazy in like our world today happening. So When you want to change a behavior, a habit or an emotional pattern, we need to do it from a subconscious level. Um, As you mentioned before, I'm trained in neuro-linguistic programming. So basically NLP is a powerful set of tools that I use to communicate with the subconscious mind to really shift it, change it, rewire it, to help you create a fierce, strong mindset and release what's no longer serving you. And one of the parts of that is timeline therapy. So This is like such a powerful therapeutic process that I absolutely love. And that's really changed everything for me. And it involves eliminating negative emotions, limiting beliefs and memories from past events that have been stored in our subconscious mind. So it's providing a really transformational process for personal change, for growth and really for self-healing. So it really allows my clients to release emotions from the subconscious, such as anger, sadness, fear, hurt, guilt and shame and specific belief systems as well. Things that have been created like I'm not worthy or I'm not doing enough, which are both huge, particularly for women. So using this process allows me to help clients to heal what needs to be healed at that level. That then changes everything for them. I love that you did those polls and you know you really asked people those deep questions because I know there are a lot of barriers as to why people don't seek help. And one I feel and see a lot is that not feeling worthy. And that's a massive one, like not feeling worthy of having this work done on myself or you know I'm not unwell enough to have this done, or I don't want to spend that time and energy on myself because I feel guilty because, you know, we've kind of been taught that, oh, it's selfish to do that. But actually, like it's imperative that we do do that because then we can show up as our best selves. A lot of people think, well, well, I'm just getting by and, you know, like I'm getting through the days, so I will be fine. But the truth is subconsciously what you're holding onto is actually controlling you. The things that you suppress and the things that you're putting away deep down by thinking that I'll just get on with life, it will actually show up in your life. And, you know, some things are so deep, deep, deep down into our subconscious that we don't realize that we're projecting them into our everyday life. So it'll show up in your relationships, in your work life, in the moves you make in your life, in your energy. So you really cannot hide from your stuff and you have to be courageous and walk through it. And a lot of people need help doing that. And that's really where I come in. One thing I will share as well is I know there's a lot of shame and stigma still around Mm -hmm. nurses seeking help. This comes from a lot of different places, but one example, which I find this, I'm laughing because I find it so ridiculous, but one of my clients, she's an ICU nurse. So obviously she's dealing with like a high stress pressure environment every day and a lot of different things. So she's allocated two subsidized counseling sessions a year from her workplace, but only, she can only use them if she's had a trauma or an incident that has happened to her. So having something like this put in place is like already creating that belief like, oh, well, I haven't had anything that bad happen to me yet, so I won't seek help or I won't use them. So there's really like no preventative measures in place for really helping nurses to work through trauma, emotional events, like even everyday stresses that happen at work. So this is why we all need to be responsible for our own mental health. And it's so important to do the work to be able to live collaboratively with your mind, because I don't know like if anyone out there has ever experienced it or you ladies have, but you know, when your mind is telling you like you're not worthy or you can't do this, like it's the hardest thing to overcome. So we want to break that so that it can be on board with you. And like I said at the beginning, like be your own best friend so you can actually be aligned with where you're going and what you want to achieve and feel equipped to like deal with challenges and just be able to show up fiercely in the world and be able to take on the world. So our brain actually is wired as well to avoid pain rather than seek pleasure. So for me, this is what happened is I avoided my stuff for so long that I hit a rock bottom because I avoiding everything. And then I got to this place that was so painful and that pain pushed me through, but I urge you now to not make the same mistakes as me and to start to just take small steps now, like empower yourself and take one step at a time towards helping yourself, you know, whether it be like trying a ritual out or like implementing some form of self-care, whatever it is, like start doing that for you because you absolutely so deserve it. And you're really worthy of having an abundant life and, and really feeling the, Amazing emotions that you can feel when you are aligned with yourself. Amazing.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it really is. I'm just like in awe of <laughs> uh I think just
1: yeah, everyone deserves it. And I think you what you said about the stigma around nursing and medical staff seeking help is, I mean, it's so ingrained just from over the years, you just get on and do it. And do it it yeah. shouldn't affect you. It's not your family, it's not your, you yeah. know, loved one or whatever. Yeah. But you know, we're human.
0: Or like, even like to call in sick and oh, to have like you like you need a, I need a day. Mental you know, health yeah. day. Mental health day. But yeah. we don't take them, do we? Because when we I, feel guilty because yeah. of the short yeah. or, Like, you know, they're gonna yeah. be the other yeah. you're gonna let your other nurses down I, by
1: not being there. The first ward I yeah. ever worked on, like 20 odd years ago, my manager she used to give her, everyone got like a sunshine day a year, and that was just the day where you woke up and you were like too sunny to go to work today I'm gonna go surfing or you know and you just rang in You just say, I just need a sunshine day today and or tomorrow or whatever and she would like and no one abused her her. yeah she was so she was amazing she was my first nurse unit manager and like she just set me up for life with such good nursing habits and I'll never forget that. She's like, we don't talk about it. It's not, you know, like it was an off the chart kind of situation. And it was one of the best wards I ever worked on. Like the morale was high. We were all friends, even though we weren't friends outside of work necessarily. Because in big hospitals, that doesn't tend to happen all the time. But as a unit, we were super tight. And yeah, and I just think she set that up for us. I'm really excited that you're offering our listeners at Two Humorous Nurses a self-care masterclass session. Now that I've heard you talk tonight, I'm like really excited for it. I I feel like I'm just going to be really zen at the end of it. Go to bed and not look at my phone. (laughs) We've booked that in for the Wednesday, the 19th of May at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time melbourne time victoria time (laughs) whatever that is in your state um hannah will share the link and everything on her instagram page at the breakthrough nurse nurse, and we'll share that as well and um it'll be a free one-hour session for anyone to tap into and um get some more amazing tips from hannah because clearly she's full of them (laughs) (laughs) your session has been like this episode has been like really good i've really enjoyed listening to you talk Um, and some of your tips, which just super simple, but clearly we just don't think about it. So thanks
2: for Thank chatting so to us today
1: yeah this is all
2: stuff that i love to bang on about so thanks for giving yeah. me the space to do so well i could listen to you bang on about it for i know. Longer. Oh, to thank you. engage
0: your services yeah. <laughs> Definitely, um,
1: engage
0: yourself. thanks
1: for chatting to us today um i think we've taken a lot away from it and i can't wait to join in that self-care masterclass next week
0: uh, if you like our podcast please leave a review on wherever you listen to share with your nursing mates and follow us on instagram at two Heroes Nurses podcasts.
1: Send your stories, suggestions, and questions to the email humorousnurses at gmail.com. That's humorous like the bone, H U M E R U S. Bye! Bye.